Space Love Show for the love of music, lifestyle, well-being and culture while caring for our planet. On this show, I will be chatting with musicians, artists and creative minds that are living life on purpose by doing what they love. Our space. Welcome to the One Space Love Show, Atman. It's so beautiful to meet you. This is the first time I'm meeting you. So thank you for saying yes and coming on. Likewise, I would like to thank you for inviting me. This is maybe first time I am on a radio, on a video. I was interviewed before twice, but Mm -hmm. it was either live. I was a live guest and also on the phone, but first time visual (laughs) experience. I love it. Beautiful. Would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners by answering the statement, I am? <laughs> <laughs> it's usually difficult for me, you know, uh, to introduce mm. myself. Uh, I will say I am world fusion musician and also world traveler. These are the two mm. main things I can say. And also in my music, it's kind of reflection of all these travels I've done. Yeah. And also it's kind of reflection of a deep internal journey I had in my life. You know? Like music has been kind of manifestation for me, not just for entertainment, but also for self-inquiry and then understanding life, knowing mysteries of life and all these mystical experiences, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's been such a a journey just looking into your your you know what you have online that that describes who you are mm-hmm. and i've been really fascinated by it i'm i'm excited to talk to you um cuz you grew up in turkey yes. in in a place called balkan is is that how you say it i say it's balkan region uh it's okay. like european part of turkey but balkan mm-hmm. region include many countries like bulgaria greece romania albania and my grandparents originally come from Bulgaria. They migrated okay. to Turkey. And the, like also the culture we have there is kind of very homogeneous culture, you know. I yep. call it much more like Balkan culture, you know. It's very similar to other yes. Balkan countries. And also that reflects on our music. We usually listen, play and dance gypsy music, you know. Yes. Which is like the foundation of Balkan music, actually. Yeah. My mother's mother is from Romania, so I uh, and I have and my father is from Greece, but the north end of Greece. Um so they spoke Turkish and Greece Greek. So I yeah, I understand that that mm-hmm. that growing up with the music and yeah, the culture. Exactly. So take us back to growing up for you because there there was a part of the journey where you know, we'll come to your your latest project because that, that happened quite late in your life that you actually produced and, and wrote an album as, as a musician. But mm-hmm. going back, there, there was music still threaded through your journey and but it wasn't something you'd stepped into. Take us back a little bit, if you can, to the earlier years for you. Before music, you mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> I have some interesting, actually, facts to share. Uh, yeah. I was regarded as intelligent student when I was young. Uh, I had like base marks in my school and my teachers thought I will be a professor or something one day. But surprisingly, music was the worst subject on my curriculum. And my teachers told me, oh, you don't have any creativity. It's better if you go for science or something, you know? So that was a surprising fact about in my early years and there was also nobody around me who could inspire me and encourage me about creativity. Nobody in my family is a musician, nobody in my family is an artist, and I mean whole family, not just parents, siblings, and so on. Mm-hmm. 
So that was nobody to encourage, nobody to inspire, mm-hmm. you know. So it has been tough journey in that way, I will say, because also when you have this seed is planted, uh, you don't have musical skills or like you don't have creativity. But I always had a passion for rhythm, you know, like uh, when I was at high school at the age of 16, I was listening to rock music and also 70s mm-hmm. rock like Pink Floyd and also some Turkish rock bands. And I was imagining like I played drum kit one day. You know, it was kind mm-hmm. of a dream for me. But in that time, it was difficult to finance that, you know, like as a high school student who stay in a dormitory. But I said, yeah, after I start university, I will do that. And then at the age of 20, I started. And first I grabbed a guitar like most of the people. And I realized it's not for me. I really like rhythm. And then one day when I visited Turkey, because I moved to Germany to study engineering, uh, when I visited Turkey one day, it was 2009, I saw a Darbuka. I said, I can start with Darbuka and then I can upgrade to drum kit. Mm-hmm. But after I started Darbuka, it was like love affair, you know, like I fell in love. And then even after I start to play drum kit, I realized I want to continue with Darbuka and I want to learn much more about percussion. And then I met my master, you know, first on YouTube mm. videos, like most of the people. But when I listened to him, I realized this is a very mystical instrument and there are so many things to explore because I was biased before, you know. Like mm. in my area, mo- most of the gypsies play Darbuka and I was thinking hey, it is a gypsy instrument. They usually play for belly dancing and like, yes, and so on. But after I met my master, I realized it's so rich instrument. Like there are so many things to explore. So many layers. Yeah, like and then it started yeah. even grow more and more. That was the starting and just, point. Let's just yeah, just pausing there because it really like sounds like you you had the awareness that you were being told, which happens to to many of our youth now. You were being told, or many of us have had this happen, where you've been told you, you know, I was told. You, you can't do this and then you have to untangle that and actually tune into what you feel you're drawn to yeah. and what do you I know because I, I read when you went to Germany and you studied engineering that was because you were told that you're intelligent and this was a career that you thought okay well yeah. I'll choose this career what happened in in Germany because something happened to to break that reality down that you were able to realize I'm um, going to listen and go this direction now i will share everything with full vulnerability uh yes when thank I, you <laughs> when i moved there like again i got this strong suite of mind like intelligent student you know but then after mm. a year all the mental crisis start to come up i start to feel severe anxiety and then depression i couldn't sleep i start to suffer from insomnia and I really gone through a very severe mental crisis. And then I needed to decide what to do because it doesn't go like that. You know, I didn't want to continue my life by having such a artificial plastic life, which was told me. You know? mm. Then one day, this is now the mystical part of my journey. Uh, I read a book from Osho. It's a, it was mm-hmm. about awareness. And then it shifted my perception about life then i realized i didn't live the life i was supposed to have i just lived mm. the life what people told me i followed all these stupid traditions i learned in turkey and then like what people told me what is good for me and so on like looking nice to people pleasing them and all this nonsense i realized and then i said okay now it's turning point of my life it was 2009 and then i started to play rhythm you know like 2009 was a turning point in my life in that way, you know. I said, and so coming into the awareness of yes, and so coming into the awareness of Osho, yeah, was it through that book? And then how else did you um, get to work with Osho? Like, yeah, like I followed his wisdom, like uh, his Mm. meditations, like catharsis, dynamic, Mm. and like throughout years, I've been into living life fully, but also like being away and then also now another uh, milestone 
but it's not in music, but actually it's parallel, you know, like what happens yeah. in inner world also reflects on music. Actually, they are so connected. Yeah. Like when I came to Australia first time as a backpacker in 2014, I realized this country is a very spiritual land and it touched my heart. And then I said, okay, I need to move here. And then I came in 2016 and I met my spiritual guide with whom I lived together in Perth. And he was a follower of Osho. He met Osho when he was alive. So he has been a great guide for me. And that also changed my life. And then also in that year, I decided to be a professional musician. Like it's it's really so much parallel, you know, what's happening inside always also reflects on our music. External world, yeah. Yeah, then it continued. And then I met my master in 2017. And then I had another shift there, like my music master, like who inspired me at the beginning. I met him in person. And I also realized he's a very mystical person, you know. He's not just a musician. He's like a maybe sage or something, you know. So he was very wise. And then I really loved him. Is that Musalamet? Yeah. And how did you... Just take us back to Perth. So going to Perth as a backpacker, how do you meet a soul like that? Is it just going to have a chai or, or <laughs> you know, walking along the street? Just you know, draw people when in. You are, yeah. When you are ready, life gives what you need. <laughs> Good. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> like I always manifested that. I always trust to life. I always have faith. Faith. So that happened. Like it was my first day in Perth, you know, and I was looking oh. for a housemate. Uh, and I checked six different houses, and I met him. And then I realized I need to move here, you know, intuition. And all all the people told me, ah, you can move to my house, you can move to my house. And then I moved there, and then everything changed, you know. Everything changed, yeah. yeah. Like, everything changed completely. The entire life changed. And so your master, you got to actually go with him to Egypt. Yeah. Is... Is this on the same, is this where we're going now? Like yes. is, once you met him, where did you meet him? I met him uh, in Egypt. Like he okay. he had, actually he's from Turkey, but his name, Musul Ahmed, means Egyptian Ahmed. So it's funny actually, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. because he lived in Egypt for many years and people thought he's from Egypt, you know, but he's actually from Turkey. So okay. he had a percussion camp on Sinai Desert very mystical actually you know just like desert sinai desert nothing around sand you know bedouins you know we were with bedouins there mm. and two weeks like no toilet no shower like <laughs> it was really like very mm. nice experience and just music you know and like i really felt there i'm just a beginner you know i realized i didn't learn much about music before and there are so many things to learn and I, my mind was blown up like when I met him, when I realized how he plays and everything he teaches and so on. It was amazing. And he also told us in that time, now you are planting seed. Maybe you don't realize now, but it will grow. After a year, I really start to feel like all the difference and my whole approach to music changed. And I can say like... After I visit him and went to this camp, it took a, a year to digest. But after that, I can say, like, internally, I became a professional musician because I got all the discipline and mentality and how it works, how to go deeper. Yeah, that changed mm. after meeting. And one of... So going over to Egypt, there's, there's a part of you that absolutely loves travel and you've actually been to over 30 countries many countries like i lived in eight countries i didn't count how many countries i visited maybe 30 or 40 i don't know so many countries i visited yeah what was some of the what some of the you know mystical magical moments along that journey that can intertwine into this story in egypt in different countries yeah countries Mm. first australia like when people Mm -hmm. ask me like which country you like most among all the countries you lived and traveled? I say Australia. And I say because of the land here, the land has amazing spiritual power. 
Like as I mentioned yes. earlier, like when I was here first time as a backpacker in 2014, it really touched my heart very deeply. Like I remember one day I was on Rainbow Beach after I camped uh, on Fraser Island. I was just looking at ocean. Something happened. I don't know. Like something touched my heart and I felt like this is my home. I need to return here. And I'm happy to return after that. That was one of the most magical experiences. And I can also say most of the mystical experiences I got in my life happened in Australia. Okay. Yeah. Because you actually play the didgeridoo. Yeah. Where, where did that journey start? <laughs> I read the book. And I am okay. surprised uh, people don't know this book here in Australia. I read in Turkish. Mm-hmm. It was called Mutant Message Down Under. It was written by an American woman. And she came to Australia in the 90s and she met Aus- uh, Aboriginal tribe. And they, yep. they took him to this walkabout, you know, for three, four months. Mm-hmm. But they said, keep it a secret. But then she wrote a book about it. And when I read that book, it really touched my heart. And I said, this culture is so amazing, like this indigenous culture, so mm-hmm. wise and so mystical. And then I felt also intuition to play didgeridoo because I also like the psychedelic sound of didgeridoo. Um, the circular breath. Yeah, circular yep. breathing and also psychedelic sound, like you can make all the okay. animal imitations and so on. And oh, yes. then when I moved to Perth, I grabbed a didgeridoo. I said to myself, now I want to learn it. And by chance, I met some really good didgeridoo players there. And then they shared with me some of the knowledge they have about didgeridoo, about circular breathing and so on. And then I continued. And then it happened. Mm. Hmm. When you set your mind and your intention, yeah. the teachers come to service and, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, there's so many instruments because there's so many instruments that you really have taught yourself and and gathered along the way. Um, let's let's touch on some of those instruments at the moment because there's a lot of uh, world music influence in those instruments, isn't there? There's a lot of world music fusion in what you play. Yeah, mainly percussion I played throughout my music journey in the last 12 years. So mm-hmm. the main instrument has been darbuka. But apart from that, yes. I also played frame drums. Like there is a Turkish frame drum called Bendir. Like I have been also playing it for a long time. And I also played, like I cannot say I stick, but like I also play sometimes djembe, cajon, such percussion instruments. And also didgeridoo, apart from that, yeah. as world instruments. But... I don't know if you can count it as a world instrument, but I started to play bass guitar just last year because I like the bass sound. I like that it is a bridge between melody and rhythm. And again, I am teaching myself and I use it on my album. And very recently, I started to learn also synthesizer. And the keyboard. Yeah. (laughs) Again, I am teaching myself and I want to use it for my next album. I all, I already made some samples mm-hmm. recently uh, to see how it sounds, and I realized it sounds really good. So in next album, will be new instrument. And do you spend, because I think when you were younger, you were sharing that you loved writing poetry yeah. and you wrote in Turkish, um, and there was a beautiful poem that you translated on your social media, so people check it out, and you interpreted it into, you um, translated it into English. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was such a beautiful poem. Are you still writing? Uh, sometimes, but the last time I wrote a poem was last year after lockdown mm-hmm. in Melbourne because, mm-hmm. again, I going through some deep mystical experience there, my heart was very open, like Sufis. And then I wrote these Sufi poems about divine love and so on. Like, it's actually a place where heart opens and then just words flow, you know. Sometimes yeah. I feel like oh, I want to write. And it was the time, like last year, like I wrote 
maybe around 40 pages. You know? mm. Yeah, I still Take keep us them. back because, yes, yeah. so you're living now up the coast in, in the Byron Shire or, or Gold Coast. above Gold Coast, okay, yeah. but you were living in Melbourne yeah. during the, the first lockdown. First and second lockdown. Second. I, I'm in Sydney at the moment yeah. and we just had our lockdown I extended. I can in that way. Like it was really harsh for us, especially can the second you, lockdown. Yeah. Yes, it is. A, it's a mind game, isn't yeah. it? It's a, it's a constant reminder. I've, I find witnessing myself getting lost in the future and in the mind um, chatter and it's a constant reminder for me to, to come back to that internal um, present moment, you know, because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen next. What, what are some things that helped you through all of um, your experiences that helped you get through that experience? You mean to get through lockdown, right? lockdown, yeah. When the first lo- lockdown started, to be honest, I felt like it's a blessing because yeah. I needed that space. I needed to ground myself to be on my own because I was also doing some part-time job before, like I was driving Uber. And even Hmm. in that time, I realized like people are so much in rush, so much busy, you know, like people are doing activities they don't need to. They always try to keep themselves busy. And I thought in that time, what can happen on this earth that can stop all this busy life? And it happened, you know. So when it happened, I really felt like blessed because it was time for me to stay at home, like internal and external life were really at minimum pace. And I really enjoyed it. It was really like a retreat for me. But after the first lockdown, I felt it's now time to enjoy life. And I really felt like exuberance, rejuvenated. But when second lockdown came, then the real challenge came because it was very harsh, very long. And in that time, first, I got also very big reactions, emotional reactions. But then I have, yeah. I always have a mindset. I say, every challenge is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. What kind of opportunity can I have out of it? And I say, what mm-hmm. can I do now? I can go inside again and then di- discover even more. And I say, I can practice music and I say I can also connect to nature you know I was cycling every day so this mindset helped me to see opportunity in every challenge and mm. also self-discipline I would say like in that time I was practicing self-discipline like stoistic people you know waking up at certain time having certain diet and then having some certain discipline every day and so on it was so, what was your practice? Can you share a, li- a little light into a day for you in that in that discipline practice? For example, waking up around six, half past six, seven, yep. and then I say do some yoga or qigong, something, mm-hmm. and then having breakfast, and then checking phone, internet, laptop, whatever, but then closing it till evening. Not to check again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I say, now it's time for daily activities. Like if I need to do anything about home or about my music, do it. And then I say, okay, now time for some physical activity, like cycling, walking, running, whatever. And then also connect to nature, spend time in nature. And then time for music. I say, now practice a few hours. Then I was coming back to home and then having dinner. And mm-hmm. after dinner, I was also checking again messages, emails and so on. And then again, switching it off. And then I was watching some like uh, beautiful movies or videos like from mm-hmm. some uh, platforms like Gaia and so on. Yeah, that was my like self-discipline. No, thank you for that. You know, in yep. that time. I don't follow it anymore. But it helped me in that time. It helped me in that time because it was for me kind of opportunity, you know, to try different areas of life. I did like tried many different things. Like for three weeks, I did something called Mystic Cross Meditation of Osho. It was one week laughing, one week 
crying and one week just sitting in silence. Okay. It was also very interesting, you know, <laughs> because mm. like we have only ourselves to play with, you know, in lockdown. And yes. I was saying like, what can I do? <laughs> and towards end of lockdown, as you mentioned, like this album idea came, you know, before I didn't have this yes. idea. It just came. Like when I talked to a friend of mine, I asked him, like he's a sound engineer. I asked him, can you record me? Because I have been playing music for such a long time, but I haven't recorded myself professionally. And he said, yeah, we can do that. And then he told me, like, we can also play some bass, maybe. It can make it beautiful. Then I was just I just started to record myself after having some very, like, short course from him, you know. And <laughs> then I realized, wow, it sounds really nice. And then I just closed myself at my home. Even after lockdown was over, <laughs> I locked myself <laughs> Uh, <laughs> continue the lockdown exactly. <laughs> and then in a few months it happened it happened in that day it was kind and of so a revelation no, yeah so this is no mind yeah this is why i call it no mind because it came the space of no mind there was no mm. like plan or no long-term like plan or like scheduling or whatever mm -hmm. you can call like mm -hmm. there was nothing you know it happened all of a sudden i will say very spontaneous mm. it came very spontaneous and i really felt like big in intuition and inspiration in that and your intention in the music is to share the mysteries of the universe and that life is an opportunity to explore and really integrating that connection between the external and internal world, the healing and the well-being. Exactly. And you do that a lot through the instrumental journey you take mm -hmm. people on. It's very instrumental. When people listen to my music, uh, I had this experience several times. They came and told me, oh, how you play is so mystical, so meditative. I say, good, mm. you got the message. <laughs> mm. Some people really feel it and that's good for me. I don't go and mm. preach people like, look, my music is like this, my music is like that. I just play. But for right people, it's really good channel. If it resonates, yeah. then it's a right vibration. One of the artists that you admire, I am, and I might not say his name right, but Merkan Deda, the Turkish um, world music world, I actually got to um, promote his event <laughs> when he was in Sydney with the whirling Yadorvich, dervishes. Yeah. Yeah, and it was actually one of my highlight events when I was um, producing and promoting events. I worked with a Melbourne promoter who was actually touring him. Mm -hmm. um, so I had the privilege of seeing him live and I, I was, you know, really excited when I saw that he was one of your inspirations. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's an amazing musician because he, again, bridges east to west Again, yes. like this physical world to spiritual world. And I really like his music so much because I also like electronic music, but I also yep. like world music. And he's really great combination. He really makes this great combo of both. And Doesn't he? Yeah. Like I have been listening to his music since 2010 and I always listen. You know? I always enjoy mm. his music. So beautiful. So amazing. And this also like... As you mentioned, I'm really influenced by his music. Like now, when I'm learning other instruments like bass guitar and synthesizer, I want to get into much more into this direction, like world music, but combined with also a bit electronic. Yes. Yeah, I want to get into this direction as well. My time. And what took you out of Melbourne up the coast now is? I would say gut feeling first. Like when mm -hmm. I moved to Melbourne, I had big expectations to be honest like uh, people told me oh, it's a great city for musicians for art for creative people but to be honest I didn't get this experience I didn't feel like Melbourne is a place to be because it's also so similar to Europe like I didn't feel like I, okay. I am in Australia yeah. and when yeah, I yeah that's a really good point yeah and when I visited Byron Bay, I visited Byron Bay just uh, from the end of last year. And okay. intention was to stay there only for two weeks. But then I found myself <laughs> like camping for three months. <laughs> I was camping in a tent <laughs> for three months. And then I realized, wow, oh, like it's really like I want to move here. 
and I want I don't want to leave Melbourne any longer. And then I just returned to Melbourne and like conclude everything, finished everything there, said goodbye to friends and then left. And I'm happy about this decision. Have you gathered a community up the coast now? Uh, I ran some events at Byron Bay. Like so far, I organized four events. Like I had a good number of people uh, mm. in those events. And now... In Gold Coast, I am still new, and I will see. I take my time. Uh, mm. I don't want to rush as I did in Melbourne. In Melbourne, uh, I was a bit burnout because I realized I mm. was going very quick, and now I want to take my time, like slowly. And people are getting to know me now. I am booked for some gigs and so on, but I want to take my time here more. Let's talk about being a musician and learning to adapt in these times mm. because it's, it's an interesting um, path to to commit to and to really honour and stand in with what's happening in the external world in reference to that. Yeah, like music industry is hit a lot by this pandemic mm. or scamdemic as some people say. <laughs> and... Like, I can share my experience. Before COVID, I set up a band. It was called Lehra. It was, again, okay. a world fusion band and influenced mainly by Indian and Middle Eastern music. Like, we had tabla, darbuka, harp, didgeridoo, sitar. And we booked some gigs. And also, I was rehearsing with another world music band with one of my good friends uh, in Melbourne. But all gigs cancelled. And then the bands yeah. just disappeared. Yeah. And I was also teaching at a community center. All lessons cancelled. Mm. And then everybody started to go online. Uh, and then in that time, I thought, okay, I can make a website. I can put my content online, especially how to learn drums, rhythm, and so on. And then I did that. Now I have a website where I teach online. Like I have online course for rhythm and drumming. And also I made my album and put online if people want to buy and so on. Because I realized this is our digital, we are in digital age and it's much better to have everything online. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like so I, tell I us went about online this website. after that. Yeah, so you, you, your creativity moved online, which is it's about adapting and being present enough to know, okay, I'm going to move this way now. And then mm. when it comes to going back to live, gigs you know you know intuitively to move towards that and gravitate towards pulling the band back together I wanted to ask two questions on that who who were some of um the artists that you have collaborated with that are Australian that you're really enjoying from that um, when you were saying the tabla players and mm. and who are some of the artists that you enjoy collaborating with playing live there was uh, a good friend of mine who is from France uh, who mm -hmm. plays didgeridoo and all this world music flutes. His name mm -hmm. is Reno. If he's okay. going to li listen to that, hello to him. Like no. he was one of the musicians I really enjoyed to play with. And then I had also a good friend in Melbourne, uh, like who plays tabla. Like we played many times together. And I really enjoyed also our interaction because we were playing kind of percussion challenges, like percussion mm -hmm. duos. And I, uh, his name is JD. Also, hello to him. And here uh, on the coast, like there is a really great musician called Shivam. Uh, he plays. In I've, I've I've worked with him and hosted him at mm. my when I was running events. That's beautiful. Yeah. He's a great musician. I really he enjoyed is. playing with him. Uh, we played four gigs together. And Beautiful. it was really amazing. He challenged me a lot because he doesn't rehearse. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, like, our rehearsal is during gig. Uh, but before our <laughs> last gig, I insisted on rehearsal and we did a rehearsal. But I really enjoyed playing with him because he's a great musician and it was a great opportunity for me to play with him. And I also met some other great musicians uh, I'm really looking forward to play with. For example, uh, mm -hmm. I met a very veteran uh, musician in his 70s 
I mean, she has, oh, yeah. she has uh, made over 60 albums, he told me. His name is Tarshido. Uh, yes, yeah. Maybe you met him too. Mm. So I am going to play with him on 15th of August uh, in Murvilumba. <clears throat> oh, fantastic. Yeah, so I am looking forward to that because I realize he's a great musician, great person to mm. play with. Yeah. Beautiful. Is there anyone that you really aspire to to vision up, to journey with, you know, from anywhere in the world that you'd really like to to play alongside? Hmm. For example, I will say. Okay. I really love him. And also, I know there is an Australian band called Oka. Yes, I've worked with them many times. <laughs> I met with the uh, Digirudu player, who is also Digirudu maker, uh, John Oh, oh, John, yes, yeah. yes. For the hemp didgeridoos. Yeah. I, I, I have yeah. his didgeridoo, actually. Uh, and You've got the hemp didgeridoo, yeah. yeah. And I mm-hmm. met him just while busking in Malambimbi, and he told me, wow, like, you play really good percussion, maybe we can collaborate one day. And so I'm looking forward to maybe it will happen one day. Like, I would like to play with them because they play good music. Mm. So hopefully one day it will happen. Beautiful. Yeah. And tell us now about your website and these courses that you're offering online Mm -hmm. so that we can direct people to that. Uh, My approach to music is like language because I also taught languages before. And I realized learning music is very similar to learning a language. This is why I start from the scratch when I teach music. So I start from listening. Like the mm-hmm. first course I have is about how to listen to rhythm, how to understand the rhythm. Because unless we understand how rhythm works, how beats work, like we will never get deeply into that. And that has been my challenge in my first eight years till I met my master. Because I was just interested in technique. And this is how many people are entrapped. They just focus on technique. But on my approach, like first I share this foundation like how to really know rhythm the rhythmic system i created after 12 years you know i share that with people it's very foundation you know like especially for people who are new to music like it's really really helpful for people who are just studying and then who are just on the surface and so on it's amazing to really like get this foundation because usually other teachers don't share them I don't know why. Yes. And then the second one is about the technique. Like I shared the, the drumming technique I learned in the last 12 years. And I concluded everything there, you know, like I shared everything I learned. Like I didn't hide anything. I didn't kept any secret there. So I just shared everything and everything is online. They don't need to book with me. They just register for first course, second course, they can register separately and then they can watch on their own time. Yeah. Mm. And it is very Something affordable just... as well. Like I made it very affordable just to share with people. Yeah. Because something just came to my mind, the fact that you did study engineering, um, you've been able to use that mindset to now adapt to these new ways, you know? Mm. Analyzing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Analyzing has been kind of <laughs> personality type for me for a long time. So I use that uh, when I really wanted to understand how rhythm works, how beats work, how music works, because it was a big challenge for me. Like in music, mm. there is something called one, especially like for drummers. Like we need to know first beat. We need to know where one is. It's kind of blessing, actually, to feel it. But there is also a practice to get there. And then I shared these practices I've gone through in my life. Yeah. How to really get this one, get this first bit. I can just give a very brief uh, summary of what I have there. Like, first I yeah, say we need to get the feeling of pulse. We need to understand the pulse. And then I'm sharing how to do that. And then the second thing is understanding first bit. After fo- like focusing on first beat and catching it and then counting because whole rhythm is a loop whole rhythm is about a cycle 
Mm-hmm. And then syncopations. This is a bit more advanced, but it helps to really make our compositions beautiful, but also to understand any rhythm. Because mo- some world music use syncopations a lot. So it's also about understanding all the syncopations. And the last but not least is verbalization. In Indian, it's called conaco. And I share it because uh, music is a language. And I say we don't need to use charts or notes. I don't use. But I use verbalization all the time because verbalization is the language of rhythm. So re- really, I emphasize all these five steps and I go deeper. So verbalization. So really listening and attuning to what music is coming through rather than following the notes? Is that is that what you mean? Like when we listen to a beat. Like yes. For example, is like very middle eastern rhythm. But we I verbalize it like then I know what to play. Or when I play in the rhythm, like I verbalize yeah. first and then I understand what to play. But this verbalization is also works with other elements like uh, I am using metronome. Because then I know the I am Indian, on the time. The Indian metronome. Indian yep. metronome, Lehra, yes. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like there are really important things to learn on this course, I will say, for for the right people again, you know. For some people, yeah. maybe it will feel like, ah, I don't need that. But I think everybody needs, you know. Yeah. There is no need and to how be. And how long is the course? How long? Uh, it, it is... Mm. Like there are about seven videos, as I remember. Okay. And each video between five and ten minutes, like about an hour, I think. So it's not very mm. long. Like you mm. can finish just in a day. But it's about really digesting it. It's not like, okay, I watch it now, it's done. <laughs> it's about, <laughs> it's about really integrating it and yeah. practicing it. Yeah, yeah. And also the second yeah. course. Second course is longer because it's about technique. And I shared there many practices as well, not just like sharing the technique and then goodbye you know i say now we have practice session let's practice together this is how i set it up and they are Mm. just available for everyone now like if they're interested they just go and register and watch it and also like ask any questions they have connecting back with your family i'm just being guided to go (laughs) here back in turkey you're away from all of that now How, how do you still stay connected to that within yourself and are they are they supportive of, of the path that you've taken uh at the end yes <laughs> first mm. it wasn't difficult mm. because like uh, they thought i need to follow this mainstream idea having a job like working for a company as an engineer and so on but since I got into music, I realized I want to really like be a musician. And I was really talking to them, like, I want to follow music. I want to play music. But they were not supportive at the beginning. But now they are very supportive at the end, really. I appreciate that. Mm. They really now fully support because they say your happiness is more, than, more important than everything. Mm. So I am very glad and grateful in that way. And we are always in touch, like, you know technology whatsapp like we talk always yeah. on whatsapp i check with them what's happening and so on but they're good and it's it's once we step into doing what we love we light up and people it's it's contagious people yeah. are gravitated to that and that's when you know you often find a shift between family and friends I, when you've moved out of the peg yeah. hole mm. i think people want to see that you are really keen on your path because they Mm. will do everything to drag you like uh, people are sometimes just curious you know and I had also this personality in my past like I was trying one thing and then another thing and then another thing and then people and also my family thought music is the same thing just a temporary occupation or something yes it's good that you mentioned that yeah but when people see you are really so keen you are really so determined and then you are really so in love with what you do, 
they respect it then and they accept that mm. you know mm. i think it's only about us when we say our oh, people don't respect or don't accept what i do is we need to ask ourselves am i really keen on what i am doing can i really embrace all the challenges come through this passion i i am doing you know am i really so much interested and in love with i with what i do if yes mm. at the end everybody will respect and acknowledge mm. i love that you shared that it's it's a really important message because yeah if we can be accountable to to stand in our truth and respect what it is we're being called to do then the path will guide us and we can adapt to how that path looks but at the end the core is that creativity um that love for music or or love for poetry whatever it is exactly coming back to that i think it's also about integrity you know like when we have integrity Completely. like when we say okay this is what i want to follow this is what i want to do but most of the time because i had also different students in different countries you know what i realized people just have curiosity they come get an instrument they say i want to learn but after a while they drop and i always ask them look if you are not committed it's better not to start because i want to really share my time if you are committed if you are serious and this is about integrity i will say you know like because mm. i also don't want to practice every day to be honest you know uh, but i say this is self discipline i say i need to practice every day because this is my passion this is my love even for love like when we love someone in life it's also self discipline is practice you know yeah <laughs> it's not always like flowers are blooming you know <laughs> so it's always like this commitment and practice and i think it's about integrity keeping self integrity about it mm. another beautiful little gem of wisdom there because mm. yeah, it's about really being accountable for ourselves and showing up for ourselves mm. mm-hmm. there was something that you shared on social media um sometimes the best thing to do is just let go and surrender mind games all his tricks and games in many cunning ways <laughs> illusions take many forms which look like reality who knows what truth is what reality is as soon as only the tool is to know your mind mm. i have very beautiful wisdom to share about it like last year it happened like i was like seeking very seriously you know a spiritual seeker like what life is who am i all these mysteries of life but then at the end i realize we have only mind as a tool to know you know and our mind cannot know all these mysteries of life is impossible and mind creates all these illusions all the all these pseudo realities and then they look very real even like people can convince themselves and then they cheat on themselves like ah, i am awake i am realized i know mysteries of life and so on there are so many people like that and i've been also in that category for a while but then once i realized there is no way to know the mystery of life mystery of death what's happening like what is this existence and so on and i realized only way to be is being here and now you know there is no other way <laughs> i really realize being here and now being present is the only way to know apart from that no way to know <laughs> this is why i say just surrender to present moment you just disappear and you don't need to know anything there is no need to conceptualize and so on yeah because you talk about you know there's no difference between spirituality that well there's a similarity between spirituality and materialism there's no difference to be honest yeah like people think like when someone is looking for money or looking for f- fame looking for sex looking for car whatever they say ah this is dirty you know this is greedy but when they mm-hmm. are looking for all these mystical experiences th- they don't realize that they are also greedy <laughs> <You know? laughs> they also don't realize that it's also another illusion you know like really in that way there is no difference there is I also don't like to call the world spiritual is for me existential the existential reality is about just being here and now 
and being present. Yeah. There is nothing else, you know. Who cares about past lives or chakras or <laughs> what's happening if we are not present? And this is why I say like physicality and spirituality, they both the same. Because people and are go, going into the spiritual realms, they forget about all these physical realms, and then they are not grounded anymore. They are just flying. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. And I and I think, you know, right now with what's happening with this division between people's uh, choices and opinions, it doesn't matter where your beliefs lie. It's, it's, it's about really learning to be in the moment and, and adapting to each moment that right arises because we don't know what the future is and the past doesn't, really makes sense no. to what is happening this is why surrender i would say and surrender is actually the highest courage in life mm-hmm. like people feel like our oh, surrender is very weak but surrender is only for courageous people i would say because it's letting Beautiful. go of yourself you know everything you have in life is yourself and you just let go of yourself all the seriousness about ourselves you know is really highest courage yeah. And then life becomes so interesting <laughs> because like, to be honest, I still have this uh, attitude. Like, I know I have these experiences. I learned that, you know, because mind want to know all the time, you know, mind want to be always certain, safe, but surrender, unknown. We don't know. Mm. It is really courageous, you know, it's really very courageous. Surrender to the unknown. Exactly. <laughs> Mm. Well, it's been so lovely catching up with you today. Thank you so much um, for taking time. Likewise, likewise, beautiful questions. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they were really beautiful questions. I like them. Thank you. And it was really also an honor to talk with you. I really felt open to share everything. Mm. Thank you for creating this space. Thank you for being on the One Space Love Show. <laughs> You've been listening to One Space Love Podcast and I'm Steph Pappas. Thank you for listening. You can head over to onespace.love to learn more about what it is One Space is and over on the website, all of the previous podcasts are available. You can watch the chats on video on our YouTube channel, One Space Love. You can also see the music that's featured and see how to connect with the radio shows that I'm on, Radio Byron and Bondi Beach Radio that I feature weekly where I share these chats as well as music. I hope these shows inspire you to create more space in your life for doing what you love.